Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... And what word? What was he saying again? I can't believe he was saying that. Oh, that's a bad word. Oh, that's a bad word. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you turned a political race into a literal dick measuring contest, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, March 25th, 2016. I know you are, but what am I edition of the show where we talk about the nanny nanny boo boo stick your head in doo doo heads and their fight to run the playground. Stay tuned! The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you in part by your mom. Your mom, who was so fat that when God said let there be light, he asked her to move out of the way. Your mom, who was so stupid she put two quarters in her ears and thought she was listening to 50 Cent. Your mom, who was so hairy she went to Star Wars and the crowd thought she was cosplaying Chewbacca. Your mom is so ugly she went to a haunted house and came out with a job application. If you would like us to get off your mom, we just wanted you to know that's not what she said. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. No, I'm not. You are. No way. Knock it off. Cut it out. Oh, shut up, Pee-wee. Why don't you make me? Why don't you make me? Because I don't make monkeys. I just train them. Pee-wee. That's my name. Don't wear it out. I want to begin this week's show with the admission that I am a petulant man-child who laughs and farts and think poop is funny. (laughs) Poop. And I've got zero problem with a properly contextualized dirty joke. I say this because... I'm a drunk guy in a basement doing a podcast, which 11 people listen to, all of whom I assume do so voluntarily. So, when I say something like Donald Trump has the tiny penis of the Republican Party, it's a completely different thing than, say, Marco Rubio making such an allusion as to the candidate for President of the United States. Why is it different? Because no one in their right mind would ever consider me worthy to hold the office of President. Though, I guess, to be fair, the voters thought the same thing about Marco Rubio. Oh, snap. I guess the reason I bring this up is because I've always thought the job of president is... Is serious fucking business. And I just don't think the two leaders of the Republican Party are serious men. Oh, I mean, Ted Cruz is very, very serious in the kind of install a Christian theocracy in place of a constitutional republic sort of way. But he's just as willing to engage in the moronic tit-for-tat. <laughs> that the tiny penis of the Republican Party does. But Trump, 
tweeted an image of Cruz's wife side by side with his wife, out and out calling Cruz's wife ugly. I mean, what is this guy, 12? And he stoked up his followers to make fun of Mrs. Cruz's entirely justifiable depression. These, this is the, the front runner of the Republican Party is bickering with his closest rival like two teenage boys over an Xbox controller. And first of all, you gotta admit, anyone willing to fuck Ted Cruz is goddamned heroic in my book. Honestly, you know that shit is love, because Ted looks like someone inflated a psoriasitic scrotal sack and shoved a life-size mannequin inside. There is no way that Heidi looked at that and thought, mm-hmm. Look at him. Ooh, baby. Oh. Break me off a piece of that. <laughs> so we are talking about true love or some sort of alien mind control because with Ted, either is equally plausible. But you see what I just did there? I attacked Ted, not his wife, because, dude, she didn't ask for any of this shit. You can't bust on Heidi Cruz for her husband's psychotic ambition to become a high priest of America. No, man, you don't do that. You worry about her. You hope she gets the help she needs, but you just don't attack her looks like that. Hold on one moment. I'm, I'm getting something over the wire service here. Although the wire service has just Gavin handed me a piece of paperwork. We have a What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast breaking news story. We have a breaking news bumper? When did we get that? We're podcast. People are listening to this like weeks later. What the hell were you thinking? Breaking news story. So we interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast with this bulletin. The National Enquirer is reporting that Ted Cruz has had extramarital affairs with at least five women. Ugh. Ugh. What? Oh, it's disturbing to think about one woman fucking that. Oh. Oh. I don't... I don't know how I'm gonna... Oh. I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honest, it's just like that massive fucking record. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think there was anything left that could make me cry, but just the thought of all those women having sex with Ted Cruz. <laughs> Why? Why would they do that? He's... Oh, God. I'm going to need some time. Gavin... Turn off the microphone. Now, you see, what Trump would do was argue an ancient presidential politics gamble that's called... He started it! And you only need to look back to Jefferson versus Hamilton to see it in plays. Jefferson claimed that Hamilton was a boogerhead in, in the paper that he actually started, and Adam, um, excuse me, Hamilton shot back with a message to the voter that Jefferson was a butthole. When Washington threatened to turn the whole country around and give it back to the British, both men pointed at each other and proclaimed that the other had started it. And that was our first constitutional crisis. And an editorial note, I wrote that joke but today, I actually learned from John Dickerson of Face the Nation on the Slate Political Gab Fest that that's not a joke. That basically actually happened. So, ladies and gentlemen, for 240-odd years, truth is just as fucked up as fiction. 
But in the Orange Dingleberry's case, the A-Crew Super PAC issued an ad featuring an undressed Melania Trump with the caption about them being the next First Lady of the United States. And let me be clear, anyone willing to fuck Donald Trump is a goddamned, yeah, I'm not going to say a hero because dude is rich, so it's completely different rules apply. And I'm not saying she's a gold digger and I'm not slut-shaming her. I'm just saying that she married a very wealthy, much older man who physically resembles an animatronic Muppet designed by a profoundly disturbed and deeply racist Jim Henson after six hits of blotter acid. So I'm not saying she did it for the money. What I am saying is... Shana, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. But even that, however, does not excuse the cheap shot taken totally, totally without Ted Cruz's knowledge because campaign finance laws prevent a candidate and his super PAC from communicating about anything. <laughs> I'm just saying he, he, he didn't know. <laughs> this is what your Republican candidates are fighting about while the actual real president of the United States is on a diplomatic mission to a country that we've kept economically and politically trapped in amber for six decades. This is what your Republican candidates are bickering about while Brussels and Ankara are being destroyed by terrorists. You guys didn't know about Turkey, did you? Of course you didn't. While the world's attention is turned to matters of stopping ISIS, these two jackoffs are fighting like a couple of teenage boys over a tattered porno magazine. God, that reference is really dated, isn't it? I mean, they got porn on the internet now. Although, to be fair, Ted did have an idea on how to deal with the terrorist problem. Oh, bloody hell. It seems he wants to give law enforcement the power to, I quote, patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods. Now, allow me to dissect this statement for some of his glaring flaws, and only some of them, because they're, they're myriad and multitude. First of all, what constitutes a Muslim neighborhood? Are two Muslims on a given block enough, or is there a per capita threshold? Would this Muslim patrol contact each individual resident to determine their faith, or would the residents be asked to self-identify? Would securing these neighborhoods require fencing, or would the re residents simply check into and out of with some sort of papers while traveling? See your papers? I don't think I have them on me. In that case, we'd have to ask you to come along. Wait, it's possible that, uh, yes, here they are. And how would we know who was radicalizing in this neighborhood? Will the police be forced to sit in their houses and monitor their activity online, or will we just let the NSA do it like they have been all along? I have so many questions. Not that the great orange anal leak had any better ideas. He simply renewed his call for barring all Muslims from entering the country and databasing the remainder as his answer to our terrorism problems, which we don't actually have. Because people really love being cataloged and monitored. Maybe we can mount radio collars on them like we do large predators in the Hollywood Hills. Muslims could be the P-22 of America. He also insists on bringing back torture because God knows just the fact that he's running for president is torture, but he wants to add water waterboarding because nothing people nothing makes people like you more than the infliction of pain. Unless, you know, you're into that sort of thing. If you are, ladies call me. Never, sorry, I've told too much. Both of these idiots are so profoundly immature, their solution to every problem is the same sort of thing I would have used when I was twelve or thirteen. 
all the nerds being bullied by a group of kids, let's start tracking their movements. Admittedly, this would involve us staying well away from their preferred hunting grounds, you know, the gym, the locker room, the woodshop class, the kind of places where, quite honestly, we didn't want to go in the first place. But if we'd had access to some sort of database in the 80s, we certainly would have made one. Bill Smith, known wedgie giver, locations Mr. Grant's woodshop class, third period, gym, fifth period, and the water cooler outside the southeast entrance. Known associates, Mark Puller and Jerry Smertz. Seriously, the computer age would have made my life so much better when I was a kid. Political mudslinging, of course, as I said, is nothing new. The coded attacks on political spouses are not the taboo one might think they ought to be. And while Democrats are no saints, the Republicans are the unabashed masters of dirty pool in the, in the political arena. In 2000, the Bush campaign inserted a rumor that John McCain had an illegitimate African-American child into the South Carolina primary electorate. An illegitimate black child. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, neither did the South Carolina electorate, and McCain lost that primary badly, and that's basically what put Bush on the path to the nomination. Oh, and by the way, that illegitimate black child was a little girl that the McCains adopted from Bangladesh. Fucking really classy, Karl Rove. Really classy. You should work for Trump. One might think this sort of juvenile behavior would cause a moment's reflection on the meaning of the word presidential amongst their respective supporters but yeah you would be wrong wrong. in fact trump supporters eat that shit up the more childish the reaction the more they call it plain talk every petulant attack each misogynist tweet all the racist statements and the immature anger is just more proof that trump isn't like other politicians just another demonstration that he speaks like they do. And oh, are they right? Because Trump supporters are fucking children, and Trump is the biggest bully child of them all. You see, what Trump supporters want more than anything else is for the world to be fair. Like their parents told them it would be. And by fair, they mean, we get what we want! Trump supporters don't mind Trump's blatant childlessness because they're busy screaming their heads off too, throwing a tantrum because they are no longer the baby of the family. There's a new baby on the way. Except, you know, in this case, the unwanted baby sister is brown people. And while Trump and Cruz are the biggest offenders in the race to the bottom, even the GOP sane man, John Kasich, who was known for being something of an asshole, but it's not his well-known temper that makes him a petulant child, it's the fact that he is still in this race at all. Dude, it's over. It was over from the moment you declared. Go home. Kasich is either such an asshole that he believes he's owed the nomination for being the least objectionable candidate. And dude, have you met any Republicans? They don't want saying. Or his ego is so huge he cannot possibly conceive that he could lose. Is he delusional or a dick? Over the past 12.2 aeons that I've been watching the 2016 presidential election roll along, I cannot imagine any rational person looking at this with even a hint of objectivity and still finding the Republican Party anything other than a group of whiny brats lying on the floor kicking and screaming because someone else is playing with their toys and that someone else is a black man. 
And the fucking White House is not a goddamn toy. It is actually a massive responsibility. Not just to the 320 million odd Americans who kind of rely on the person in the, in the big chair to make sure the country more or less runs sort of kind of. I've not agreed with everything Barack Obama has done over the past eight years, but it was always clear he was an adult, making adult decisions with the eye to the best interest of everyone in the nation, not just the people who voted for him, or even the ones who donated to him. Sure, he could light them up when he could. He'll do that because he's a politician, but overall, he's been a grown-up. And as much as you know he wanted to turn the GOP over his knee and paddle their little asses until they learned how to act like goddamn human beings for just a minute and so we can just all just finish our Denny's platter in peace he didn't and if you think that Trump or Cruz or Kasich or anyone else in the Republican Party might choose to come to the convention and be an adult you are just as bad as they are and should be sent to your room without dinner and have your Fox News privileges revoked if for no other reason that will put that shitty shitty network out of business before I'm willing to unground you and if by some miracle you happen to be a Republican candidate listening to this right now, y'all need Jesus. And you're contemplating your next Twitter insult or slide on the other guy's wife or preparing to respond to the other candidate's insult about your penis size or your wife's face, I beg of you to remember this piece of advice that I learned when I was a little boy. No older than any of you are emotionally. That's funny because I thought I was rubber and you were glue. Idiot. That is it for our show this week. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast will be on hiatus for the next week, maybe two, as we move out from our dark, moldy, cat-piss-smelling studios by the Hudson River to a deluxe apartment in the sky, which will be just as dark and probably will smell of cat-piss, but at least we will no longer have the excuse of mold to hang our smoker's cough on. When we come back, we will have our one-year anniversary show. So if you have anything from any one of our previous episodes, by all means, let us know at whatthehellpodcast.gmail.com and make sure that you put this very important line in the subject. Fuck you, Gavin. That way he knows what you want to hear. You can find the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All the episodes are on SoundCloud. Just search for the show name. For me and all the other fictional kids on this playground we call a podcast, we want you to know that later on, on the drive home, we called Ted Cruz from a payphone. I said I was Don Trump and his wife's not cute. Not like my wife you see. And that's about the time that bitch hung up on me. We'll see you guys after the break. One year! What the hell are you thinking? Seltzer Kings Podcasts.